Are you reading the Bible? Like, are you? Do you have the Bible? In no, I've right started. Now? I've started a notebook now. Okay. Uh, because You've been flashing it the whole time. Have you? Did you want me to bring it up or? Uh, you can. Well, you can. Um, mm-hmm. I just I've started a notebook uh, because I f- I'm trying. I'm just trying to figure out what the best way to get my thoughts down so that I actually get them on the show. Oh, mainly, okay. it mainly it's interrupting you. Mm-hmm. But the other strategy I'm trying to do is write them down because I think that locks it into my head more than typing them out. So, gotcha. We'll see. You are locked on Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, LOH. And you can find the show handle at Locked On Hornets. Had a game played on Friday. The Charlotte Hornets, they lose that game. They lose to the Philadelphia 76ers 100 to 87. A couple of things to get to as far as injuries go. You did have Nick Batum who did not practice Sunday, was held out of that game against Philadelphia. He's got a sore Achilles right now, a sore right Achilles for Nick Batum. So he's limited. Who knows if he'll play on Monday, but it doesn't seem like he's going to play today, I should say. Uh, Malik Monk had a toe injury. He did fully participate in practice yesterday after missing the second half of that preseason game Friday against Philadelphia. James Borrego did say that he does think Malik Monk will play in uh, that game tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. So a couple of injuries there to just kind of update you guys on. Uh, Now going to the Philadelphia game here, Doug, 13-point loss. The one thing, again, I think that you can take away is that P.J. Washington looks like he is going to be one of the best Charlotte Hornets of all time after he's played pretty well in this preseason. Yeah, I mean, he's coming for a starting spot for sure. I mean, I don't know if greatest Hornets of all time. I don't know if I'm there yet. I mean, I'm, I'm getting there. I don't know if I'm there yet, but I'm getting Not there. Not after the first three games, you weren't ready to go all the way into that place. Not quite, but the hype train is moving along. Plenty of coal in the fire right now on the hype train of, uh, but actually, we're turning it into a bullet train, baby. This is going to be on magnetic rails soon enough because he's coming for a starting spot, especially, listen, Batum, I think, had something to prove in this preseason. Unfortunately, he's had the sore Achilles injury. I think Malik Monk had something to prove in this preseason. Unfortunately, he has the toe injury. And, you know, so much of the NBA in terms of rotations, and especially when you're talking about the preseason, a lot of it's timing and opportunity. And P.J. Washington making the most of his opportunity right now. Borrego had a comment and saying that if P.J. Washington continues to play as well as he has so far, it will, quote, significantly impact the regular season rotation. And so now I, th- I think we had this these bold predictions, if you will. And I don't know how bold mine was, but I did. I said that it would probably be under five games that P.J. Washington plays in Greensboro. I had, talk, I had spoken with Josh Lloyd doing the Charlotte Hornets preview right before the season and right before even the preseason got started. And I always thought that was overblown, that P.J. Washington would spend so much time in Greensboro and everybody kind of lost their mind a little bit. Why are you throwing your first round pick in the G League if you're not going to win that many games this year? Winning is not their number one priority or else they would have re-signed Kimba Walker and they would have done a lot of different things. 
that's not their number one priority. It's all developing basketball players, young basketball players right now. And P.J. Washington is playing well enough to where he needs to be in the rotation with the starting lineup, even with just even getting a, a significant role on this team, even if he's even if he's not in the starting five, which I think a lot of people would want to see, you know, him just getting significant run out there. I think that's going to happen. And I don't know if he plays any games with the Greensboro Swarm. I don't think he misses any games, certainly for the uh, for the uh, NBA franchise. Here's why I think he needs to be in the starting lineup, because he's one of the only players right now knocking down outside shots and providing some semblance of spacing. So I think that's one reason. I think also he makes energy plays on the defensive end. He's missing rotations here and there. He's making rookie mistakes that I think he'll clean up throughout the year. Uh, but he's, you know, four steals in this last game. He's getting block shots as well. Had two block shots against Philly. Mm-hmm. Had a couple uh, in the in the previous games as well. And so he's he's allowing this team to get out into transition. Something that Terry Rozier, I think, needs to do to to realize his full potential in Charlotte. So I just love PJ Washington right now, and I love him especially in the starting lineup. Terry Rozier, not the best game in the world. Five of 15 from the field for him. Missed the only three-point shot that he took. And, you know, you had seen him get some assists earlier in preseason. You had the nine-game debut with the Charlotte Hornets that Terry Rozier had. Only two assists in this game. One steal. Had three turnovers and was a minus one in the plus-minus. Had 10 points altogether. So Terry Rozier, like you said, Doug, you feel like he needs to get a little bit more out in transition. And also Dwayne Bacon. Dwayne Bacon hadn't shot the ball very well. We go back to summer league. It's not like he had a great field goal percentage. He doesn't have a great field field goal percentage here. We saw the home game, the first home game that the Charlotte Hornets played at the Spectrum Center. He hit two shots early, I think got like two for three to start off the night and then wouldn't hit another shot pretty much the rest of the entire night in that game that they just played. So you you look at Dwayne Bacon not shooting effectively. I, I kind of worried about that a little bit. He's going to get to the basket. He said that at media day. I feel like you guys know I can get to the basket at will. But Doug, that's something that I, I hope goes away because I, I could see that being something that holds Dwayne Bacon back this year is his, uh, is his percentage. Well, it's holding the entire team back right now that really it's not just Dwayne Bacon. It's Miles Bridges, uh, Cody Zeller still is yet to hit a three. Devontae Graham's not shooting the ball from outside very well. There's you know no Malik Monk. Uh, Caleb Martin did knock down one. I was I'm getting more and more impressed with Caleb Martin. Yeah, Caleb's as playing the, well. Yeah, for sure. But but back to Dwayne Bacon. Yeah, he definitely to be a th- I think the 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 impact player that the Hornets need him to be. Dwayne Bacon needs to shoot the basketball like he was shooting it at the end of last season. Uh, so far, he hasn't found his stroke. But what you did like in that game against Philadelphia is that he did get downhill. He did get fouled and fi- found a way to contribute offensively, even though his shots uh, weren't falling. Uh, But yeah, they need him to be a better outside shooter. And uh, going back to what you said about Terry Rozier, I thought he had a a couple of really bad turnovers in this game. And turnovers have been a problem for this team and and might be a problem all season for this team, you know, full of young guys that are playing a little too quickly. Uh, But uh, Cody Zeller mentioned that after the game that, you know, everyone has to let the kind of let the game come to them a little bit and and slow down and make the right play. Terry Rozier, one of those players that I I didn't think was making the right play all the time uh, against Philadelphia. Uh, so got to watch out for that as well. Three turnovers in this game, uh, but Terry Rozier, you you don't you want him to make the right. It's not about moving the basketball or not moving the basketball. You just want to see him make the right play. Yeah, twenty two turnovers in all, and look how many guys had three or more. You had Terry Rozier. Uh, calculate three turnovers. You had Dwayne Bacon get four. 
You had Bismack Biombo got in there, looked bad, and had three turnovers. Devontae Graham had three turnovers, and he actually took care of the ball pretty well last year. And Josh Perkins had three turnovers. And some of them did it quite impressively, right? Josh Perkins did that in seven minutes. He had three turnovers. Devontae Graham, he had 24 minutes to accumulate the three, so not nearly as bad. Bismack had three turnovers in 13 minutes. Uh, the other guys that had three, Terry Rozier and Dwayne Bacon did it in 25 and 26. But how about Josh Perkins coming in and throwing it to the other team? Every time he touched the ball, three turnovers in just seven minutes. Josh Perkins now waived by the Charlotte Hornets. We'll get to that maybe a little bit later. And so it was uh, Joe Cheely and Thomas Welsh. So those are the guys that have gotten cut. They did add Jalen McDaniels. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But turnover crazy, man. And Rick Bennell wrote an article about it in the Charlotte Observer. You might yeah, have per- to expect now, that a little bit more. If Perkins gets picked up by the Philadelphia 76ers, you have to feel like the game's going to be a lot easier for him because he's already <laughs> throwing it to them a lot you know you think might be easier (laughs) it might have been on their team already he was already on the team uh even on friday night when he played with the charlotte hornets at least for the last time as of now but uh yeah no more josh perkins and josh perkins looked pretty good in summer league it was that debut that he looked pretty good and that got him uh, at least a fighting chance to be on the roster but not anymore josh perkins and a couple of those other guys we'll get to a little bit later on in the show manscaped is number one in men's below the belt grooming get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com that's locked on space it out at manscaped.com we'll take a quick break we'll come back with more here on the hornets and grizzlies game that'll be tonight we'll talk about that next on the locked on this is locked on hornets and the google description here says on contracts made before june where the wheat is deliverable in december either wheat of the grades named or numbered (laughs) b shares batik of new york n dot b dot a dot so take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So often do we test your patience. We did not do a show on Friday. I apologize for not doing a show on Friday. Doug was not available Thursday or Friday. And perhaps you'll be even angrier with Doug when you hear the reason why he didn't do a show Friday. Uh, Doug, I'll let you have the floor now because you've got some explaining to do. Oh, well, I had an event that I had to attend uh, via my day job duties as podcast producer and video producer for Pod About It. Podaboutit.com, by the way, uh, if you need those services. Hey, <laughs> shameless plug. Uh, but in doing so, I had an interesting story. I got to uh, meet George Shin. You the- got to or you had to? It seems like a had to situation if you're a Charlotte Hornets fan. Oh, I, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a tough thing, right? When you meet uh, somebody who essentially ruined your childhood. Uh, this, was, <laughs> <laughs> this was a short meeting. It was a handshake and a how do you do. Uh, I, I did not get a chance to mention that he ripped uh, my heart out and showed it to me and, and then threw it on the floor. I also did not mention to him uh, that uh, I acquired an Eldon Campbell beanie baby because he had in his, this was uh, like a charity event thing, and, and he had some Charlotte Hornets memorabilia up on the wall at, at one point, and there were some different things. A, a McGlure jersey, which is very odd to me, of all the jerseys. Wow. There was a Baron Davis jersey as well, but he also had a McGlure signed jersey. It was weird f- for two reasons. One, Does he get to do that, man? Like, oh, that makes me feel gross that he has some of the Charlotte jerseys up on his wall. 
I mean, they're his jerseys. I mean, no, but he took I ah man, it just makes me feel bad. I, I don't like it. I'm I'm just intrigued that he that he chose the McGlure jersey to display. Uh, but also, I want the McGlure jersey. I like that was the one thing like sure. I saw on his wall. I'm like, give me that McGlure jersey. Loved love some uh, Jamal McGlure. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I, I had a chance to meet him. Just said hi and introduced myself. Uh, and um, I, maybe I muttered under my breath, "You you broke me in half. You ruined <laughs> NBA basketball for me for several years." Uh, it's interesting. He doesn't look at all like he used to. Uh, the, the, any Hornets fans that remember how he looked, he was very short hair, clean cut, and there's kind of a story behind that because he, he you know, he's from Kannapolis, North Carolina, and he when he first kind of jumped onto the scene to to uh, make an effort with the NBA to own this basketball team, he kind of, I, I think he looked a little disheveled, looked like, you know, kind of a country boy, and cleaned up his look a little bit, and his people cleaned up their look too because they wanted to make their best pitch to the NBA but now that he's not owning an NBA team anymore, he looks like a hipster Colonel Sanders. So why did you go to his house for a charity event? Did you do anything? That, I mean, was there anything else interesting that happened at the house? Like what else? did it, Was it house crazy nice? What was the coolest thing about it? Uh, I mean, you know, it's a charity event. You know, you go there, you, you hobnob and you, you bump elbows mm-hmm. and you um, give a little money to a good cause and uh, you... <laughs> Uh, try to keep from stealing a Jamal McGlure jersey. And that's what I, I was going to say. I, I wish when you texted me that, I said, you need to take something. He took something from you. Make sure you take it. It can be anything. It can be like a remote control to a TV. It can be anything that meaningless. But I wanted you to take something in return as collateral for the thing that he took for you, from you at least, your childhood. Something well, I'll tell you to what, if over. I did, I'm not going to put any evidence on this podcast. No, that's true. You're uh, That's a heady play by you, Doug. Uh, all right, looking at the game against the Grizzlies tonight, uh, it does seem like Malik Monk is going to play. Uh, how about a minus 18 for Malik Monk, by the way, in six minutes of play against the Philadelphia 76ers? Minus 18, I don't know if you heard me, in six total minutes for Malik Monk. Not exactly good. Hopefully he's able to play a little bit better and maybe that number goes up. As fu- hopefully it gets a little bit better in this game against the Grizzlies. Well, listen, you know my thoughts on Malik Monk, but at the same time, I have to be fair. I mean, he played during a particularly bad stretch for the Charlotte Hornets in that game against Philadelphia and then sat and so did not have a chance to really redeem himself. I mean, if you look at Dwayne Bacon, I think he was a minus 17 and he played uh, f- vastly more right. minutes than than Malik Monk. But he did. Well, look, Monk had a couple of turnovers. I thought he had an assist at one point. I felt like he got it to Biz. Maybe they just didn't. That's what I thought, too. I thought the same exact thing, and they didn't credit it with uh, yeah. credit him with one. And listen, if you if you get an assist to Biz, especially on a pick and roll where he has to catch the basketball, in my mind, you got to get two assists for that. I think I would go to the NBA score and say double that up because that is that's <laughs> there was one inbounds play, Walker. I don't know if you remember this, but Devontae Graham, like, talked to Biz before the inbound. Then Devontae Graham picks the basketball up to, to throw it in. He throws it at Biz, who is just completely turned around, not looking at the basketball, and the ball kind of peters out, and they finally, Biz finally walks over and grabs it. It's like, you guys just talked. How, where was, you, how do you not know that the basketball was coming to you? Just, I mean, Biz continues to be lovable, but uh, eternally infuriating. Yeah, yeah there's That, no that word, reason. by the way, was infuriating. Uh, kind of, that, that petered out of my mouth. Yeah, that that happens to me all the time. I'm not going to (laughs) cast any judgment. Uh, I mean, there's no reason to see Bismack Biombo on the floor this season. I mean, the only reason you would see him is because... Seeing him a lot right now. I know, I know. know. 
And and I don't think does there's that any make you upset? To. Is that upsetting you to see Biz this much in the preseason? Yeah, a little bit. Not enough, I mean, Billy. I just I just don't know. I just don't know if it's. I, at least I hope it's not indicative of what we're going to see in the regular season. That's mm-hmm. what I hope. I mean, I'm hoping they just put him out there in the preseason. That's about it. We've seen him. I think he played pretty well against Nikola Jokic in that Denver Nuggets game last year. I do remember that. And I think maybe you're going to see him on some sizable guys this year. And that makes some sense because P.J. Washington at the five, he defends the pick and roll pretty well, right. but he's smaller. Billy Hernan Gomez, you know my thoughts on his defense. It's just so bad. Every single time he gets put in a pick and roll situation, that that's the blueprint for any offense going up against a Billy Hernan Gomez, Charlotte Hornets team. If he's in the game, attack him in the pick and roll and make him guard because he just can't do it. So those are the times I guess you could see Bismack Biombo out there. But you're right. It is infuriating to use your word and use it correctly the first time. Well, I think that's why you're seeing Bismack Biombo out there to begin with and not as much Billy Hernan Gomez because, uh, you know, James Borrego has laid the line down. We're, we're going to play better defensively, and, and that might mean taking some things away from this offense. And, and you know, Bismack Biombo does give you a presence inside. They're trying to lock down the paint. They're being – I don't know if you're seeing this too, Walker, but they're being a lot more aggressive this season – on, on pick and roll plays a start up top. I mean, they're blitzing. They blitzed a lot of pick and roll. They actually looked like Philly. Philly is sort of known for being aggressive on yeah. essentially every pick and roll, forcing everything to the side and locking down the paint. You know, Bismack, for all his faults, does kind of help you do that. Uh, he can he can drift back there and, and affect some plays. But yeah, you're, you're going to take a big minus on the offensive end. No, you really are. It's... It's unfortunate. We had talked about this quite a bit last year. There's too many guys that sacrifice one end of the floor with their play. And Billy Hernan Gomez, Bismack Biombo are the epitome of that. Where I mean, it's not even that Bismack is good at defense, though, right? I mean, he does some okay things, but it's not like he's good enough to put out there on the court because he's so good. He just has zero offensive game whatsoever. Billy, I do think, is pretty good at offense. I mean, we know that he can shoot the three pretty well, even though he doesn't take that many shots. We do know that he can shoot pretty well. In summer league last year, actually shot pretty well when he did shoot in the regular season. There are some post moves that you like from Billy, and he's a really good rebounder. He's very good at rebounding, but my God, the defense is just so bad for him, and I guess that's why you're seeing Bismack Biombo go in in the preseason. And just a couple of other things to mention, some other guys that got in the game. Brought up Devontae Graham a little bit. Uh, one of four from three-point range in that game against Philadelphia, Doug. That, that's one thing you're constantly going to want to see from Devontae. You want to see the shooting percentage go up, even more so than a Dwayne Bacon, who, I mean, you want to see him have a high clip as well, but Devontae... If you're playing point guard in this league and it's not like he has the crazy flashy passes that when he enters the game, everybody gets better. He's a solid, smart decision maker, but he was a 40% three-point shooter at Kansas. You need him to be, I mean, 36 was average last year, 36%. You want him to be better than average at shooting the basketball from long range. Long white hair, kind of down to the shoulders, thick black rimmed glasses. That's what I mean when I say hipster Colonel Sanders. I kind of laid that out there. Didn't paint the picture. George Shen, hipster Colonel Sanders. All right. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate the analysis on Devontae Graham. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with some of the other roster moves that I mentioned. Jalen McDaniels, 52nd overall pick in this draft. He is now with the team. We'll talk about what that means on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I feel like Cody Martin is the perfect guy to go down there right now as much as anybody is. 
Yeah, no, like I, that yeah, no, I definitely. Sorry, Martin. I didn't know you were tossing me there. Yeah, I definitely, okay. I definitely think that. Was uh, that a me problem or you a problem? Were you just not listening, or were, was I just that I didn't set you up? Oh, I totally wasn't. Li- well. I wasn't listening to you okay. at all. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I mentioned a couple of the moves that the Charlotte Hornets made. Expect some more to be made as the Hornets roster. It stands at 18 players right now. They waived Thomas Welsh. They signed him August 9th, I believe, of this year. They also waived Joe Cheely and Josh Perkins. And Joe Cheely is a guy I'll start with first, Doug. He actually did get some run last year. It was against the Boston Celtics and got a bucket. So good for him. He can say that he made a, a basket in the NBA that's something not too many people can say. So pretty cool for Joe Cheely. Was on the summer league team the last couple of years, and again got uh, found him what found his way into a game and a two way contract, I believe, was uh, what he was on last year. But no longer with the team. He spent 2018, 2019 with the team on a two way contract. Resigned with the Hornets on August sixth, and then Josh Perkins signed with the Hornets this off, off season after going undrafted. So a couple of point guards couple of guards that are off this team now and as well as Thomas Welsh, who uh, who is now gone after being a seven foot big guy, played with the Denver Nuggets, a little bit with the Washington Wizards, the 58th overall draft pick by Denver in 2018 and uh, no longer with the Charlotte Hornets is Welsh. I think it's funny. His media day picture looked like him receiving the news that he had been released. Like he just looked sort of like he had just received <laughs> that he's he's gone. <laughs> Uh, so he Not sort of, a lot he knew of it. I think he knew it then. He knew it then what would happen now. And <laughs> Jalen McDaniels, he came to the Hornets again as the 52nd overall draft pick this year. Took longer than expected to sign. That was always a weird situation because the Hornets kept bringing in guys. They would sign a Thomas Welsh on August 9th. We did see them sign Josh Perkins after the summer league action that we saw him partake in. Same thing with Joe Cheely. They brought him in once again. So even Ahmed Hill, who I like, I, I like the kind of two-way action that he brings. You know, They signed a bunch of guys that you knew were going to be on Exhibit 10 contracts, that were going to be fighting for a roster spot but eventually not make it. And here's your draft pick, something that you actually invested a draft selection in and you did not bring him. Now, we do know that there was some legal trouble that Jalen McDaniels was going through. He was, he did film women unknowingly in sexual intercourse and then decided to not tell them at all. And that was, uh, so Jalen McDaniels, had to go through that legal process and the is Charlotte that allegedly Hornets, or is that is that a settled is that a settled legal matter was i was i reckless with that saying i don't that? know I mean, well we should just uh, say allegedly just in case maybe it is okay. settled legal matter but Does i don't have time us? in the show there's not enough time left in the show to look it up uh so we should <laughs> so just, just say we'll, allegedly yeah we'll just okay. drop that in there all right yeah allegedly he did i'm no never mind now you've got me worried i'm pretty sure but whatever allegedly that happened so anyways Perhaps the legal process took this long of a time. Maybe that was the reason that it took a long time. But Jalen McDaniels was a uh, second team, all Mountain West uh, player in 2018, 2019. In 2017 and 2018, he was an all Mountain West third team guy. McDaniels appeared in five games in 2019 in Summer League, averaged 3.6 points per game, 1.8 rebounds, and 13 and a half minutes of play. What do you make of Jalen McDaniels becoming part of the team this late, Doug? Yeah, I'm, I'll be interested to see what, what he can do and if he gets any run against uh, Memphis uh, tonight. 
Uh, but I really, you know, I just want to see him play and and get a better idea of what he can do then because I certainly uh, didn't research him, you know, around draft time. So I'm going to discover him, I think, alongside everyone else. I want to go back to what you said about Joe Chile, that he did get a bucket in the NBA and that that's something to celebrate. I don't know because I think I think if you no. gave me I think if you gave me 30 minutes, I think I would need to control the action like sort of like NBA 2K where I can get the team to pass to me if I want to if I want them to. I think if you gave me those conditions, I could get a bucket in the NBA. I could get one bucket. I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. Give me 30 Doug. minutes. Hold on. Give me 30 minutes. If if I call for the ball, they have to pass it to me. I think I could. I think I could sneak one bucket in. At least get fouled. I mean, I might not be able to get up. <laughs> I mean, they, they might put me in a body bag, but I could get. But but I could probably put the free throws up after that. Now this this is the classic conversation of if you had 100 pitches from a major league pitcher, could you get one hit in 100 pitches? See, I don't could think I could do that. Basket? I don't think I could do that because that is such a. Uh, there's a whole book written about how difficult it is to hit a baseball and why it isn't it isn't necessarily about what you train for, what you do. It's it's kind of something something g- genetic. It's kind of something in the in the genes. But basketball, I think I could get one bucket. Just give me 30 minutes. There's not a book about how hard it is to shoot a basket in the NBA. There's not a book entirely on that subject like there is baseball. I don't think so. I think shooting is not as it's not as uh, I just don't think it's like hitting a baseball to me hitting a baseball because the ball is going so fast. You don't know what the pitch is. It's just a different kind of thing. You have to almost do it thoughtlessly. You have to clear your mind to, to, to hit that baseball. Give me 30 minutes. Everybody has to pass it to me. I don't have to play deep. <laughs> That's the other thing. I don't have to play defense. I don't have to run okay. back. I just stay cherry picked the whole time. I could definitely get a bucket. All right, maybe maybe you could with those rules. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. We'll uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow to recap the Memphis Grizzlies game that the Charlotte Hornets will play tonight. Thanks again for joining us on the Locked On Hornets podcast. And no one can block me either. No one can block the shot. Mm-hmm.